Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events across the world of golf. Uh, I'm Tom Clark, Senior Content Editor at Golf Monthly and today I'm joined by digital writer Elliot Heath. Hello Tom, hello listeners, welcome back to the podcast in 2019. And Happy New Year to Elliot. Uh, Happy New Year to you Tom as well. And what a year it's going to be for golf, uh, four majors of course, and uh, all being played at fantastic venues, and this year we're going to be doing a weekly podcast looking at everything to do with golf, and um, making sure that our listeners and subscribers, which hopefully the people listening will subscribe, uh, will uh, make sure that they don't miss out. Uh, the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast will be available on all your usual podcast providers, so please do subscribe, but also you'll be able to, to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course on the Golf Monthly website, so that you don't miss a thing. Um, this week, we're going to take a look back at what happened after the first event of, this, of the year. Uh, there's a new European Ryder Cup captain that's going to be announced, which is really exciting, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about Rory McIlroy and his comments on the European Tour, plus a look at all the fantastic new gear that's just been launched at the start of the, the year, which um, everyone is very excited about. And then right at the end of the podcast, we're going to have a quiz, and you're going to be able to then see just how little me and Elliot know about golf. But you can play along at home as well. So, um, Elliot, did you play any golf for the weekend? Yes, I did. I played with the new rules of golf for the first ever time. Uh, having watched Bryson DeChambeau play with the flagstick in uh, in Hawaii, I thought I'd give it a go. Um, we both tried it back in November at Burnham and Barrow, didn't we? Indeed. And I wasn't actually that um, impressed with it. But this time, um, because of DeChambeau, I think I just quite fancied giving it a go for real. And yeah, I liked it. I held a couple of putts with it in and I saw a putt miss that I think would have gone in if the flag was in so um, obviously it's still very fresh but perhaps when we start getting used to it it could actually be quite a good new rule and uh, that's that's interesting I mean it's good I mean lots of people obviously with these new rules of golf and being able to putt with the flag in people are giving it a go seeing if it actually is going to help some people are saying um, they don't like it, it kind of distracts them on short putts and then some people are saying for long putts in particular they really like it they seem to be able to judge distance a bit better interesting that you say that you saw a putt which someone uh, would have hold if the flag hadn't been in I hadn't seen that happen on the PJ tour or any of the tours so far and I think if we do see that happen then that could be interesting that, um, some people obviously be get quite upset about that uh, some of the fiery characters out there but DeChambeau as you mentioned played with well well Pulp and um, tried to putt with the flag in every every possible attempt and putted particularly well especially in the first round so um, it's something that we're going to keep an eye on maybe we're, we're chatting about it a lot at the moment but actually maybe in six months time we won't you know, it'll just be the norm. Yeah, that's um, true. Or actually, everyone might just be taking the flag out. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. One issue I would say is that some golfers will want the flag in and some will want it out, and then it's just sort of like this in, out, in, out scenario. That's called the hokey cokey, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, that, that is the thing. It's supposed to help with the pace of play, and some people have been saying it has helped, but if you do get some people who are. No, I'm going to have it in every time, or I'm going to have it out every time. Then that's actually maybe not going to help the situation; just going to make it worse. So, something to look out for. Another thing, actually. Oh, go on. And is this another rules thing? This is. Yeah. Wow. Um, go for it. 
tapping down spike marks. I love that. I think if you're serious golfers like us and those listening to the podcast and you've got, say, like a six or ten footer in a competition that you really need to hold, um, just tapping a spike mark down takes a second, if that, and it does make a big difference. It doesn't slow down play. Um, you're playing the green as it should be played, really. You shouldn't be having to putt over spike marks because the group that went out first in the morning wouldn't have to. I think that's a really good rule. So you're saying it's a fairer rule for the, for the whole field? Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. Uh, in my point of view, you've called me a serious golfer, which I'll take straight away. But um, uh, it's one less thing. <laughs> it's one. It's one less thing to to be able to make an excuse for why you've suddenly yeah. missed that straight putt. But um, that's any other rules things? What about the dropping? Did you have to do any dropping? Uh, yeah, I had to do some dropping um, from knee height. Didn't have any problems with that, or did you? I almost hit my foot on one of them. That that is a slight issue, I think, isn't it? If you're if you're throwing yeah. the ball at your foot instead of the ground, yeah, you've definitely got to be careful. And uh, I instinctively went to drop it from shoulder height, and I don't really see the benefit of dropping it from knee height at all. I mean, that was another thing that the Shamo um, commented on uh, at the weekend. He said it was he thought it was a bit absurd that you had to to drop it from knee height. He thought, why not just say between shoulder and knee height because then people. Don't have to worry. And actually, when, when we actually tested these again at Burnham and Barrow in November, actually, you have to like bend down a bit, don't you, to actually be able to drop from knee height, unless you've got particularly long arms. Um, and it just seems, a, yeah, it does seem a bit. It was supposed to simplify the rule, and actually, I don't think they have done. But we'll wait to see a if. Strange that, one for me. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see about that. So uh, let, let's chat about the weekend and what happened at the weekend. Um, Xander Schufle won. He's well said there. I know. I was just trying to make sure. I don't know if I'm going to say his surname again. He won his fourth PJ Tour title. He shot 62 in the final round to beat Gary Woodland by one. And that was after uh, he bogeyed the first hole. So fair play to him. Um, unfortunately, Gary Woodland was one of our tips last week so he, uh, on the betting guides, but never mind. Um, Woodland led by three heading Sunday, shot five under, but still lost. Uh, Rory McIlroy playing the final group, but he only shot one under, which was never going to be enough, was it? No. And uh, he finished uh, fourth. So Shoeflay's won the 2017 Greenbrier, the 2017 Tour Championship as a rookie. Uh, he's also the 2017 PJ Tour Rookie of the Year. He also, one of the things that he did particularly well, which people would have actually, uh, when he was really come to, to, to foresight and people would have actually seen him for the first time was at the Open Championship last year yeah. where he was right in it right to the end I think he bogeyed maybe 17 on the final round possibly yeah testing your knowledge there you were following Tiger Woods at that time again obviously um, yeah I was a little bit too into Tiger Woods at that point um, I think he played in the final group with Jordan Spieth and neither of them won obviously no but I think actually but he was Whereas some of them, some of the Americas especially, they 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 fell away at Carnoustie. He actually was, I think he was only one shot back or even level going into the final bit. So he he's someone partic- playing particularly well. He was unlucky not to get a pick, wasn't he, for the Ryder Cup? It, yeah, massively. Hindsight, of course, is an incredible thing. But um, when you think that actually Mickelson got a pick over him, and I think that's a bit harsh. I know Mickelson obviously has the, the history, but. And since he missed out on that Ryder Cup pick, he's won a WGC. He's won this week, just gone, and he's now world number six. So, yeah, hindsight is obviously 
very um, important. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's an amazing thing hindsight. We say, oh, oh look, they should have they should have picked him, but you know they went for Mickelson. But and he's only twenty five. He's only twenty five. Num- num- number six in the world as well, which yeah. is which is that's come from nowhere, hasn't it? Really, you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't have expected him to to be number six if you look at like Spieth, who's what fifteenth in the world now. Down to seventeenth. Seventeenth. Okay, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Sorry, I stand corrected. Um, but he's one that he I know great start to the year. He could have a very good year and. It, do you think he's going to be someone that we think is going to be at the top of leaderboards at the ma- at um, at the majors this year? Maybe the Masters. Yeah, hundred percent. Like obviously he won the hundred percent. So you're saying he's definitely. Um, what, what, did you say he had? Is he going to win a major? He definitely has the game to win a major. Like he obviously he he's the only rookie to win the Tour Championship. He won Rookie of the Year, and that was only two years ago. And already he's he's done all of this. I. I'd put him in the same league as like Bryson DeChambeau in terms of age, victories, and their potential for the future. Well, I think that they're two of the you know the, the hot youngsters coming through who are who are definitely going to be people are going to be picking them. I think this year, if he's gonna, if he's going to win a major this year, which one do you think his his game's going to m- most suit? If we look at where the major venues are this year, which obviously Augusta. Then Beth Page, or have I got that yeah, the wrong Beth way? Page for the PGA. Beth then Page, Pebble Beach. For the then US Pebble Open. Beach, and then obviously uh, Royal Port Rush. Royal Port Rush, of course. So, which of those do you think is going to suit his game most? <laughs> uh, I'd probably say not Augusta because that's obviously somewhere where you need the course knowledge. Um, he's clearly got a great links golf game because he nearly won the Open last year. So. Yeah, any of those last three. Yeah, I mean, it's, when you look at the actual um, just listing, the you know where the, the courses where all the majors can be played this year, it's going to be a really exciting major year. So I think he might do actually quite well at Pebble. Actually, yeah. uh, I think he'd probably keep the ball in play, and as you say, he put. I think he's quite good in in windy conditions. So uh, although saying that, if he was up there at Augusta coming down the back nine, I think he's got the confidence, the mental game. And the ability to um, to pull it off down the stretch. Sound like he's going to be world number one by the end of the year. <laughs> he wasn't my players to watch for 2019. I do really like him. It's good. No, 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 that's good to know. Well, good luck to him. So next of the big big news story coming up um, is that Patrick Harrington has been named the new European Team Ryder Cup captain for the 2020 match, which is being played at Whistling Straits. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm thrilled to be named as the Ryder Cup captain for 2020. It's not something I went into lightly. Uh, you know, I suppose you could look at this as being a natural progression. You move on from player to vice captain to captain, but it's not something that I take on without a certain amount of trepidation. I uh, I really want to be a help. It's 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 I want to hopefully lead the Ryder Cup and the European Tour in a better place after two years. But I know we want continuity in Europe. We want to keep moving along. And, and ideally, we play the Ryder Cup match tomorrow with the same 12 guys. But, you know, I, I know we're going to a, a new venue. It's an away match. Uh, we're going to have, on average, you know, three more rookies coming into the team. And I have to be a part of that team and ensure that I find an edge to make the team perform to the best of their abilities, get the most out of them, and hopefully get a win. And, and, and you know, having been a player, having won three majors, I've done a lot in my own personal career. But, you know, I know taking on the Ryder Cup captaincy is a different thing. It's a different level. 
and it's something I have to, you know, I really, you know, conscious that I have to find that edge and, and add to it. Uh, and, and, you know, that's something I don't take lightly. It's going to take a great deal of my time over the, the next 18 months figuring out how can I make our team play to the best of their ability. Um, bit of background on Harrington, if you, if you need it. Harrington played in six wider cups, in which he helped you win four. Uh, he's been vice-captain in the last three Ryder Cups. He, of course, also uh, won the 2008 US PGA, uh, plus the Honda Classics as well on PGA Tour. And also, he's, of course, won two Open Championships as well. Um, and people will know him. How do you think Harrington will do as European, to- European team Ryder Cup captain? Yeah, very good. I think he's got a good relationship with most players. Uh, everyone loves Padraig. He's got great experience as well. Look at our last few Ryder Cup captains in Bjorn, Clark, McGinley, um, Mon- Monty as well. Um, they're not major winners. Harrington's won three majors. He's won a major in the US. Um, well, I'll have won a, won a couple of majors, didn't he? Yeah, I didn't actually say I'll have about. won the Ryder Cup in America as well, didn't he? Um so yeah, obviously he won the US PJ Championship, which is run by the PJ of America, who also run the US Ryder Cup side. So he'll have a good relationship with them. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he's going to be a very. I think he's quite an astute choice because he's he's popular in America. Um, people like him because obviously he's won the majors. I think people who win majors are always thought of very well in America but of course he obviously won a major in America as well he obviously won the Open Championships back to back which I think people were I know it was a time when uh, Tiger was injured and stuff like that but um, you know he he was particularly good for those those few years and anyone that's met Harrington or ever read or listened to an interview with Harrington will know that he is going to get every single minute detail of this down to the absolute it's going to be I know McGinley's team uh, a few years ago at Glen Eagles was uh, particularly incredible that the amount of homework they did on it and they had um, players well who did um, who was the Frenchman who played uh, Victor Dubuisson. That's the one. That's the fella. Um, well, Graham McDowell played with him, and they actually Graham McDowell was being sent over to France to go and play with him and to find out, you know, make sure they were they actually found out a bit about each other. And I didn't know that. yeah, and and I think they we're going to see similar levels of homework and planning done uh, by Harrington. Um, I think it'd be a very popular one in the European team room as well I mean as soon as um, I know there's a, there was a few other people who were maybe touted to be Ryder Cup captains such as Lee Westwood but Lee Westwood straight away said no I think Harrington should do it and as soon as I think Westwood came out and said that there was only going to be um, be, um, be be one man to do it who do you think is going to be his vice captains or anything like that who's going to help him out oh god I haven't even thought about that um, well ha- think about it now quickly come on come on Couple of names, McGinley maybe another Thomas Irish. Bjorn maybe. Thomas Bjorn. Um, what I would say is I love Thomas Bjorn's strategy of going for younger vice captains, like the first timers, Luke Donald, Westwood, uh, McDowell. Uh, I thought they did brilliant last time. Also Carlson as well was quite good. Perhaps he'll be brought back. 
Um, yeah, I think some of those guys obviously will have their sights set on maybe being a captain in in, in the ones after the 2020 Ryder Cup. So I th- we would expect to see Westwood there, wouldn't we? I think Donald and, and McDowell, um, I think they're all going to probably be vice-captains again. But you're right, they, there is actually quite a lot of people suddenly who we could, could be vice-captains and... Um, some of the older names may be going to miss out. but Maybe even a, a Henrik Stenson might be cap, a vice-captain. You think he won't make the team? That's a bold statement, but in, I don't know, in two years, someone that played in, at Le Golf National, who probably, I don't know, struggling with their game. You think Henrik Stenson's struggling in his game? I think he's playing. He's not playing too badly, is he? <laughs> I, I did not say that, but you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, you're right. People, people, people are going to, you know, people are going to miss out eventually, aren't they? And they have to, to fade away. So, um, whether Stenson will, Stenson will probably win two majors this year. Um, Martin Keimer won the US PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. Yeah, that's. A, I think that's a great shout, actually. People struggling with their game. Yeah, Keimer not playing particularly well at the moment, and as you as you, as you rightly say, he did win his his major, oh his US PGA uh, there. Uh, when he beat Bubba Watson in a playoff. Yes. There you go, I remember that. Famous for uh, Dustin Johnson's rules in Fracture. Yes, exactly. The, the bunker in the sandy area. The bunker that was a bunker, which didn't look like a bunker. But um, Yeah, so I think, no, Kamer could be uh, maybe someone to think of as a vice-captain. Obviously, hold the winning putter at Medina as well. So, um, But no, Harrington, maybe, you know, I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, captain. He's going to give some great interviews. Anyone who's asked him a question, you usually have to sit back for 10 minutes before you get a word in edgeways. So um, I think he'll do do a great job. Remember, we'll be going in as underdogs again, even though we've just absolutely blitzed the Americans. Yeah, Yeah, so yeah, should be really uh, something to really look forward to in, in a couple of years' time or 18 months' time. Uh, the next person we're going to chat to, uh, chat about, is Rory McIlroy. So, Rory not only did he uh, he he was in he he did quite well at the weekend. He played pretty decently in Hawaii, but unfortunately couldn't get over the line. But he he had some interesting comments before the tournament in Hawaii, where he described the European Tour as a stepping stone uh, for his career. Um, and actually, that it was a way of getting onto the PGA Tour and the big. Uh, money and world ranking points which is on there um after that there's there's been a few comments flying around and we think that maybe keith pelly from the european tour flew out to meet him uh actually that was before yeah before 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 the comments but i think there's been a few issues with the tour and rory trying to get rory more involved with the european tour and i'm not sure how much uh rory really wants to do that um do you think rory was right in calling the European Tour a stepping stone? I, it's a tough one, but I do think he's right. I understand why he's getting all of this abuse. But at the end of the is day... He get, is he getting lots of abuse, is he? I've seen our, our comments on, on social media and on the website, and yeah, a lot of people are unhappy with his comments. And in the o- Golf Monthly Office, actually, a few are saying that there was they were unnecessary, which they probably were, but... You don't get a golfer of that calibre speaking as honestly as Rory, which is why I love him and I know a lot of journalists love him. Um, Maybe it's an example that the European tour is fading perhaps even further. Like, people are having a go at Rory for chasing the money in America when maybe the European tour has chased the money elsewhere across the world, in Asia and the Middle East, to the point where European fans... um, 
enjoy watching golf in America more? I think that's a, I think that's a very fair point. I mean, there are um, obviously some quite controversial tournaments which are going to happen this year. There's the new one in Saudi Arabia where I think a big big field is going to be in attendance there. So a lot of the world world's best player, yeah, the world's top three, current top three will be there. But obviously, with the political issues which have happened in Saudi Arabia and and in America and Turkey, um, I think a lot of people are actually asking, you know, should people actually be supporting that? I don't know. That's not for me to say. And obviously, your everyone has their their views on it. Um, but you know, I think the Rory also, as you mentioned, he loves giving straight answers in press conferences. Sometimes get him maybe get him in a little bit of trouble or well, he gets in trouble all the time but I just love that he just in, um, continues to be honest with his thoughts yeah and uh, as journalists it's exactly what we, you know we're very quick to uh, moan about people giving uh, boring answers uh, it's nice for people to actually give their opinion and, he, and maybe he does have a point that actually the European Tour is struggling to get the strength of fields week in week out to compete with, with America and um America is where the the money is and where the world ranking points is. And people know if you get inside the top 100 or the top 50, then, you know, it's happy days. You get in all the big tournaments and you, you're almost guaranteed a big a big year of money. So um, I think he, had, he has a fair points. Whether he had to say it that way, and I think the thing that people were hoping that he would say is that actually, no, I really want to support the European Tour and to try and help it build up back up its reputation but um at the moment obviously that's not his job his job is as a professional golfer and uh, to provide for his family he has been supporting the european tour for a number of years so look he's hosted the irish open for a few years hasn't he um and if you look at big names like justin rose does rose play any more european tour golf than rory really um like I did some research recently and like last year the biggest prize of the year was in Dubai at the DP World Tour Championship. The winner's check was $1.3 million. That's the same as just a regular PGA Tour event. So it is a lot of effort for these players to keep flying back to Europe when there's not really an incentive to do so. Yep, I think again that's, that is another fair point. They're really struggling to compete with the everyday um week in week out PJ tour event so it's, in, it's something which is has got the year off to a bit of a fiery start and I'm sure it won't be the last that um, Rory gets asked about or gets um, or comments on the European tour um, from our point of view we'd love to see more uh, you know more big names being playing this side of the pond and obviously there also being more um, big events in in and around UK and Ireland and and the and Europe, really. So um, we'll wait and see. Just to add to that, um, he's going to play his first European Tour event in July before the Open, at the Scottish Open. So he's going to play the week before the Majors this year, which I don't think he's done before. Uh, his second European Tour event will then be the 1st of September in Switzerland at the Amiga European Masters. He's sponsored by Amiga. Um, so he could still do two after that. Which, uh, which is and th- and that's important because he has to have four to yeah. keep European Tour membership, um, and keep his chances of becoming a Ryder Cup captain in the future. Yeah, I yeah, think the Ryder Cup, it not being a Ryder Cup year, 
means that sometimes the schedules of, of some of the players obviously are a little bit different to if it was a Ryder Cup year. But um, yeah, we'll wait and see. He actually might, in the end, play actually quite a lot of European tour events. So um, but not until July. If he's if he's playing particularly well, I think he will play play a lot. So we'll, we'll wait and see how that goes. Um, we're going to look ahead now to the um, to this weekend where there's one uh, pro event that we're going to concentrate on. That's the Sony uh, Open in Hawaii. Yep, the Hawaiian Open. The, the, the Hawaiian Open, yep. sponsored by Sony. Um, it's the second event in a row which they've been playing in Hawaii. Some of these golfers do have a hard life, don't they? But um, it's a decent event with a good field. There's Justin Thomas in there, DeChambeau's playing, Spieth's first um, event of the year as well. Um, Patton Kazaya won last year. He beat James Hahn in a sixth. Was it the sixth hole in a playoff? Yeah, it was. That's a long, play- that's a long playoff, I isn't know, it? Especially with the time difference to Hawaii. Um, us in the UK, I don't remember watching it, but we would have had to stay up till three or four in the morning, I'd imagine. What do you know about where they're playing this week in Hawaii? Do you know much? And what... Uh, what <laughs> 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 I, 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 I take the look at your face. No, I mean, for what I know is that it uh, can be... Because it's on obviously on the coast, being in Hawaii, the, um, it can, the wind can have a big effect, and they're yeah. saying that you've got, you know, having a bit of experience with playing in those conditions does help. Um, I don't think there's been a debutant win since Russell Henley did in 2013, off the top of my head. So usually a bit of course knowledge is also handy. Um, what's the course called, Tom? I'm, uh, I'm, I've got it written down in front of me. And I just, I'm still not going to try and pronounce it. Elliot, do you want to have a go? Wiley Country Club. There we go. We'll go with that. Sounded a bit Geordie there, but uh, it's uh, it works. So who's uh, so? I, I am the golf monthly tipster. I do betting tips every week um so the, i have gone for i'm going to announce two tips on the podcast and the rest of them you can find i'm not going to give all four i'm not going to give four i've got to go uh try and get some people to go to the golf betting tips uh home page on the golf monthly website or if you just google golf betting tips it'll be the be top of google it usually is um so the two that i've kind of uh, picked are cameron champ Having just said that you need a bit of course knowledge, he hasn't played there before, but his game should be perfect for that course. He is ball striking incredibly. If anyone's seen his swing, um, it's something to not quite believe how much power he can generate. Yeah, it's incredible. There are rumours that he outdrives Dustin Johnson by 20 or 30 yards. I don't know if that's true. It probably isn't, but he does hit an awful long way. And he's quite a small-framed man as well. It's just pure technique. Yeah, pure technique, power, obviously a very athletic person as well. So I think he should do, could do very well around there, actually. Um, I think the course should should suit him if you actually look like people like Justin Thomas who have done very well around there as well. You know, big hitters, really incredible ball strikers. So I think he'd do well. And then my second pick is Charles Howe third. He's one of my go-to picks, especially this time of year. Uh, won for the first time in 11 years last November, which is which was great. But he has an incredible record. He's he's been, I think he's been runner up there twice, third three times, and he's also had six other top tens or something ridiculous like that. Oh, sounds good. So I think he's played there 17 times, never missed a cut, which is wow. pretty incredible. So especially with the win under his belt uh, in November, only a couple of months ago. Um, I think he could do well again there. What odds are you getting these guys at? 
Good question. Good question. Champs, I think 22 to 1, you could see him, and uh, Charles Howell III, about 28 to 1. There is, I have picked an outsider at 100 to 1 as well. So if you want to see who that is, again, Google golf betting tips and uh, go to the Golf Monthly uh, website. Um, one thing I am looking forward to this week is the return of Jordan Spieth, and he's another talking point as well. So this time last year, he was ranked second in the world. He was the Open champion. A year later, he's ranked 17th in the world, and well, that's after a year where he didn't win, and he didn't even finish second in a tournament. Um, he did get married, though. He struggled on the greens as well, so maybe... He's a little bit more settled in his life. And he's Are you blaming life. his wife on his his poor golf for twenty? No comment. <laughs> and also, I think I think although that's a fair point, saying that he you know he was second in the world, he's now seventeenth, and he he didn't even finish second at all. He did finish third at the Masters, and probably could have won if he if he hadn't bogeyed eighteen, uh, where he shot one. what did he shoot sixty four in the final round. No, I was there. And he played out of his skin there. And as already mentioned, he was playing in the final group in the Open as well. So although it didn't end up that great a year, he did get himself in those spots that Spieth does. Doesn't seem to play particularly well, but then always seems to be at the top of the world. Yeah, he had a very good Ryder Cup as well. I think he scored three points as yeah. the second highest point scorer on the US side. Yeah, so I think, you know, I think if he looks back on that the year, he'll be disappointed with how it ended up. But he hasn't completely fallen off the radar at all. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him um, leading the US Masters after round one, which he always seems, seems to do, and um, and really competing very well this year. He seems to usually do very well. If he has a bit of a, a bad patch, he usually comes back quite strong, doesn't he? Yeah, well, if you look at his old mate Justin Thomas and the likes of DeChambeau, who won four times last year, uh, Chauflet, who we've already spoken about, Spieth is behind those Americans who have, I think, the same age as him. So, yeah, he'll be really be looking to uh, to have a good year in 2019. Yeah. So some of the things which are going to help the players in 2019 are the new gear and equipment that they will be using. Uh, and January is always a big time of the year when all the manufacturers launch their new products for 2019. And there's already been a couple of uh, big ones. There's been TaylorMade of the M5 and M6, which is driver, woods and irons. And Callaway also with the Epic Flash drivers. Um, and we've um, got a bit of a... We've spoken to two of our equipment uh, gurus in the office, Neil Tappin and Joel Tadman. And they're going to give uh, some insight um, into some of the new products. Starting with Neil talking about M5 and M6 and especially the speed-injected twist face that the new um, M5 and M6 clubs have. I'm sure you're sat there at home thinking, what on earth are the major manufacturers going to do to help their products perform better? In particular, how do they deliver on that sort of promise of offering more distance and more speed for every golfer? Now, I'm going to show you exactly what TaylorMade have done in order to try and deliver that. So, as I'm sure you're aware, there is a limit to how much the face of the golf club is allowed to spring at impact. So, it used to be called a sort of trampoline-like effect. Uh, and that limit set by the RNA and the USGA is the, called the coefficient of restitution rate and is set to 0.830. So all the manufacturers are trying to get their golf clubs as close as possible to that limit that they can. However, the problem is the manufacturing process. So obviously 
lots of different hands, lots of different machines touch every club head that's being produced. And what the manufacturers absolutely have to avoid is producing anything that breaks the rules because then they're producing an illegal golf club. So that what they usually do is they dial back the performance just a fraction in order to uh, build in a little bit of tolerance, a little bit of manufacturing tolerance so that you'll have ultimately on the shelf, you'll have some heads that are right close to that, that coefficient of restitution rates and some heads that are slightly further back. What TaylorMade wanted to do in 2019 was offer every golfer a club head that was as close as possible that they could get to that coefficient of restitution rate. So you'll notice here two little red screws in the face and these represent two ports that allow the manufacturers to inject a resin. So effectively what TaylorMade do when they produce this club head, every driver they produce is illegal and then they test it themselves and then they find out how close to that COR limit it is and then they dial it back by injecting a little bit of resin underneath the face just to dampen down the spring-like effect of the face until they get to bang on that coefficient of restitution rate and then they test it again and once they're happy that that driver is as fast as it possibly can be, that's when they uh, release it to the market. So that's the technology, it's called uh, injected twist face. So they still have the twist face from last year, they've just added this extra element for 2019 to help every golfer hit the ball a little bit further. So pretty uh, high-tech stuff to do with the TaylorMade M5 and M6 now. Elliot, have you, uh, are you interested in hitting in new, new clubs? Would you put them in the bag? Yeah, it does sound good. I've got the M1 from a couple of years ago in the bag, so that'd be interesting to try it out. Uh, it's all about these new face technologies now for 2019, and the Callaway, obviously one of TaylorMade's biggest rivals, and they've come out with the driver literally the day after, I think it was. They're the two big launches so far. That also has a very interesting story about his face. And talking of the new Callaway Epic Flash drivers, we spoke to equipment editor Joel Tadman, who reviewed the new clubs and uh, had some good insight on what they were going to offer. I'll try and summarise for you what it's all about. Basically, Callaway spent $8 million on a new supercomputer. And what that computer was able to do was go through an awful lot of design iterations, impact simulations, to essentially create a unique internal mapping behind the face. So rather than your conventional Callaway uh, VFT face or the X face they've done previously, uh, this is actually a very unique kind of uh, random ripple effect behind the face. And essentially this has been proven by machine learning on the computer. So it's gone through lots of different processes and it has come up with this design that it has calculated to be the most effective at creating the most amount of ball speed across the face. So yeah, very high tech. Um, Francesco Molinari's put that in already. Xander Schofle had it in the bag for his win as well. So that's clearly a driver that we're going to see a lot of club level and on tour this year. Apart from those two, obviously they're quite high-end clubs which are going to get a lot of the headlines. They're both retailing at, I think, £500. Which is, you know, a fair amount of money, but obviously they obviously do the job. Um, is there any other uh, launches that you've... Um, you spotted over the past couple of weeks which you're excited about or you think that the, the guy should know about? Well, we've seen the new TaylorMade TP5 and TP5X balls already. They're being used out on tour by the likes of McElroy, DJ, Ram. Uh, new M5, M6 irons. I'm just going to list them off here because we've got them all on the website. So we've got the new Callaway Apex irons and hybrids. Odyssey Stroke Lab putters as well, which have an interesting new shaft technology. Um, the Callaway ERC, ERC soft ball, which has some 
interesting alignment lines on it. And the Magna Ball, which I think is actually bigger than regular balls. It's something that was done before, but they've brought that back. Uh, we've got the new PM Grind Mac Daddy wedges, new Mizuno ST190 drivers yesterday. Um, so yeah, like I said, anything you need to know about that, the Golf Monthly website is... It is a particularly busy time of year for gear, as you can probably mention. As I, as I kind of, as you'll probably understand, Elliot loves golf gear, so he's very excited by any of these new launches and really gets into the technical stuff. And I know a lot of you out there uh, feel the same about it. So uh, we've got lots of reviews and news and key information about all the new products on on the website, and that's going to be a lot more interesting to look at than us us chatting about it. Yeah, but I'm just an enthusiast, not an expert. Uh, coloss- colossal nerd, I'd call him. Um, so moving on to, to, to tour gear, and there has been a lot of movement around with uh, players moving contracts, and the big one was Justin Rose joining Honma. Uh, now Honma, for some of you who might not know who they are, they're a Japanese brand who have actually been around for quite a while, and they produce quite high-end equipment a lot of it is uh handmade and it is it's really good but it hasn't really been huge in europe and not a lot of people have been playing with it on tour um so it, rose was with TaylorMade, moved to homo why do you think that is money <laughs> um yeah interesting though obviously he's he's been with honma sorry been with TaylorMade for 20 years he's just literally gone back to world number one this week so, yeah, should he be changing clubs really ahead of potentially the year of his life? Um, who knows? He's got the new driver in the bag as well. A lot of people, when they heard that Rose had signed with Honma, they thought he'd just be using the irons and the wedges. But um, putting the new driver in is a big statement from him as well. I mean, it is obviously um, a big contract that he's obviously signed here. And. Um it's 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 an amazing thing for Homer to get the, the you know the world's number one player as he is at the moment um, to to suddenly start playing their clubs. Uh, Going to get a lot of um, coverage on it, and hopefully he's playing well with it. I have I have no doubt that he he's been testing um, them all to within an inch of their lives. So um, I th- I think although it's interesting that he's changed clubs at, when he suddenly reached the top of the game. We've seen it before from other players. And it's taken Rory McIlroy at least, I think, 18 months on two occasions when he signed with Nike and then TaylorMade to really settle down with the new clubs. And, yeah, I think there's other things going on, maybe, other than just the equipment. In their case as well, they did change golf ball. And I think Rose is still using the TaylorMade golf ball. So that might um, not be such a big difference for him. That that, that will probably help the transition, won't it? I mean, it's going to be interesting and... uh, well, I th- if Rose could just actually just you know pick up from where where he's left off, so um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. To be honest with you, so um, and also there are lots of players who change equipment contracts every single year, and they change clubs every single year. But perhaps they're not in the because they're not in the world's top twenty. We maybe don't go yeah. on about it quite as much. And some of them, you know, obviously have some very positive effects on them their game. So. Um, there's also, uh, you know, a few other free agents out there. Is there anyone else that we need to keep an eye on? Yes, definitely. Um, I'm a bit of a, a gear nerd, as you said, so I was on Getty Images just looking at the new new pictures from the Tournament of Champions to see what gear was in the bag for players. Call me sad, if you like. But, um, yeah, I did notice a massive one, and that was 
Francesco Molinari appears to have a full bag of Callaways for this year. Um, so to put that into perspective, he was one of the free agents last year. Every major was won by a free agent. He had a full bag of tailor-made clubs. So, yeah, might he be signing with Callaway? I don't know. But, um, yeah, he's got the f- new flash sub-zero driver in, Apex MB irons. Um, so that's a big change for him. Yeah, I mean, he, he might actually just... He, he's a free agent, so he obviously he can, he can just try every club he wants. Yeah. And if he's come across these clubs, which he just thinks are absolutely fantastic, then he can use it. That's the, the joy of obviously being a free, free agent. We haven't had any, any uh, details of any uh, contracts being signed or anything like that. But, uh, you know, as you say, the lots of the free agents did particularly well uh, last year. So uh, it, it's something that we'll, we'll, there's still going to be... There's, uh, January's still a few, few weeks left, and there's always a, an, a few announcements still to come. Uh, the big PGA show uh, in Orlando, where a lot of the manufacturers uh, announce and uh, show their new releases, is still to happen as well. So things um, things won't happen for, for a while. We've still got a few weeks, but I'm sure there's going to be some, some very interesting uh, movements uh, and um, people will uh, be using different clubs to what they were last year. Yes. Uh, in particular, as I said with the major winners, Kepka and Reed, and then as well as that, Tommy Fleetwood. These three are all now massive names, big commercial names that surely can make a lot of money from an equipment deal so um, Kepka hasn't changed and neither has Reed so far but we haven't seen Fleetwood yet he's making his first appearance of the year in Abu Dhabi so I'm excited <laughs> to see what clubs he's going to be using yep. lots, lots to look out for lots to look out for um, next up is the bit which I'm dreading because uh, I had a very long Christmas Drunk far too much, was a little bit ill, and um, had a, a two-year-old running around uh, trying to hit me around the head with a with a toy. Uh, their like toy. Is, I'm trying to get my excuses in early. That's it. But it's the time for the quiz, and um, you can play along at home. So, uh, one of the guys in the office, Sam, has come up with a quiz of eleven questions. Why is eleven? I don't know, but it's obviously eleven. Is an odd number, and um, so we don't know the answers. We haven't seen these. I've got it written on a bit of paper in front of me, and the answers on the back. I've just seen question one. I know, <laughs> impossible. So um, it's uh, yes, eleven questions. We don't know what they are. They're obviously golf related, and you play at home. And we're going to be going head to head, and we're going to have a a running total. Oh, well, to well, I think I've just come up with this. So right, to, to you know, head head to head throughout the year. To see who's doing and who's you know who wins the most most quizzes, not who answers the most questions, because you'll definitely do that. But should we get on with it? Yeah. So if you've got a pen and paper, there's eleven questions. We're going to be doing it, and then we'll have the answers at the end of all of them. This is a golf monthly classic. Um, I do this Christmas quiz every year, so uh, let's see how we go. So question one: Ernie L set a PJ Tour record at the 2003 Mercedes Championship, now known as the Century Tournament of Champions. What was his score? Elliot has straightway hidden his answer from me as well, so I can't even cheat. Um, I have no idea. Should I go on with question two? Go for it. That was quite a tough one, wasn't it? Um, right, question two. There are two golfers who have won it three times in a row. It, I think, is this tournament of champions. Gene Littler was one. Name the other. Hint, they are Australian. I hope you're doing better than I am here. I can't even think of an Australian golfer. I'm under pressure here. <sighs> dear, dear, I'm, I'm sweating. 
<laughs> Question three. Which three car brands have sponsored the event? Is that, is that Tournament of Champions again? Yeah. I'm going to have to have a word with them about these questions. Point three. Point three? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I've got to think of three car manufacturers. Struggling. Struggling. Question four. Celebrating the return of Tiger Woods, on which three courses has he had eight wins on? How hard are these questions? I've got one. Eight wins. Can you think of eight? Can you think of three right. different tournaments? Yeah, I've got that. Oh, have you? Great. For, um, for a Tiger fan like me, I think that's quite a doable question. Edit usually writes at least one web article on Tiger per day, so... Uh, you should have that. Uh, question five. This is a very long question. On the European tour, what was voted shot of the year? Was it Renato Paratori's miracle escape at the Porsche European Open, Eddie Pepperell's hole one at the British Masters, or Nicholas Colsart's Albatross at the Portugal Masters? This is very annoying because they were showing these on Twitter over Christmas and I saw what was number two. Did you? But I didn't see what was number two on that list. Yes. I think I think I know what it I think I know what it is, but famous last words that I'm covering up my answers just in case. I don't trust you, Elliot. Uh, do you want to do question six? Yeah, sure. Majors in twenty eighteen is the category. Do this in order. I need the winner, course, score, and runner up for each. Should we change this? This is an impossible question. Should we change this? Should should we just do winner and course? No, we've got no. to do the Okay, okay. So we've got to do... This might take some time. Well, no, that's what I'm trying to think. So you've got to have the winner, course, score and runner-up for each of the majors in 2018. So the year that just happened. Yeah. Oh, this is impossible. Uh, right, I've got one. I've got Augusta because I was there. Oh. Should I tell you my Augusta story now? Yeah, well... Yeah, so I I went to the Masters for the first time in 2018 and I got I got pulled out of the media lottery and I played the course on the Monday after. And I didn't play it very well, but it does mean that I all will always have a I played Augusta uh, story, which is great, especially as it annoys some of the people in the office who haven't played Augusta, uh, which is most of them. I can't even remember the events. I'm just let's 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 not you know that's just a number. <laughs> we don't need to talk about numbers. No, so how many have you played? Twenty-eight of us played on the day in the media lot. I was the first per. I was on the. I was the first tee time. I hit the first drive. That was my. I should have walked off then. That would have been my best drive. It, it went straight and reasonably far. I think I've done very well on that. I don't. I've 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 run out of space. I don't know what's going on. Right, question seven. Question seven. Which three players were voted the 2018 Player of the Year by the Golf Writers Association of America? So three players won the Player of the Year. I think I've got that. So question eight. On the European Tour last year, there were, there were eight Rolex Series events, all with different winners. How many can you name? Question nine. As I'm sure you're aware, majors have a different look this year. They're being held at Augusta, Bethpage Black, Pebble Beach and Port Rush. For Bethpage and Pebble, can you tell me the last time they hosted a major? I think that means the year. Um, I've got a chance with this. Um, I've got one. There we go. I've written down to you. 
Question 10. Royal Port Rush will host the Open for the second time in 2019, but where did it rank in Golf Monthly's top 100 course rankings in the UK and Ireland? Well, I know that. I that. Well, you, yes. Well, the, these are the new rankings which are out in uh, at the end of, yeah, end of November, start of December. I think I also know that one. So what number did Royal Port Rush come in our new rankings? And question 11. The last time Tiger Woods was world number one was way back in May 11. Sorry, May 11th, 2014. He would lose it a week later. How many of the world's top 20 of that week can you name? That's a silly question. Yeah. Should we say who was... Yes, we're going to change that question. So the last time Tiger Woods was world number one was way back in on May 11th, 2014. He would lose it a week later. Who was number two that week? Okay. So now for the answers for the quiz, which is going to be tricky. But hopefully you did well. So let's go through. So first question was, Ernie L set a PJ Tour record at the 2003 Mercedes Championship, now known as Central Tournament Champions. What was his score? Elliot, what did you put? 32 under par. 32 under par, is that right? I, I put 19 under par. The answer, oh. 31 under par. That's a hard question. Question two, there are two golfers who have won it three times. We think that he means the Tournament Champions. Gene Littler was one. Name the other. Hint, they are Australian. I put Greg Norman. I put Ian Baker-Finch. And the answer is Stuart Appleby. If anyone got that, congratulations to you. I didn't even get that. I put two people's names there. Uh, question three. Which three car brands have sponsored the event? This is a chance for a point. I, a point for each? Yeah, point for each. I put... Well, I put Hyundai. Yeah. Honda. And, go on. Um, Mercedes, did you not look at the first question? Uh, no, I obviously didn't. <laughs> I didn't. That the first. So the answers are, are Infinity, Hyundai and Mercedes. So I got one point there. I got two. I got Hyundai and Mercedes. Cheat. Uh, next one was, celebrating the return Tiger Woods, on which three courses has he won eight wins on? I put Bay Hill. Tory Pines and Firestone. Is that right? Yes, it's right. I got Tory Pines and that was it. Uh, was that a point for each? That was a point for each. You are doing my work. Oh, I'm just saying I've got the next one wrong as well. Question five. On the European Tour, what was very shot of the year? Was it Paratori's Miracle Scape? That was number two. That's the one I saw. Eddie Pepper's Hole in One at the British Masters or Nicholas Colsart's Albatross at Portugal Masters. I put Colsarts. It was Pepperell. It's going. It's going horribly wrong. There's this. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Six majors in 2018. Do this in order. I need the winner, course score, and runner-up for each. So the answers are: Masters, Patrick Reed, Augusta, 15 under, and Ricky Fowler. Oh. I got Reed, Augusta, Fowler. I got. I didn't get the score. I put 13 under. I haven't done the courses because I knew them already. Well, that means you. That, that means you. That means. Well, that means you got it wrong. So crosses. Augusta, Shinnecock, Carnoustie, Bellarive. Well, yeah, that's okay. Okay, should we do it like that then? So the winners were Kupka, Molinari, Kupka. No, they weren't. It was Reed, Kupka, Molinari, Kupka. Sorry if yeah. I get that right. Which we all got right. Then it was Augusta, Shinnecock, Carnoustie, Bellarive. I couldn't even remember Bellarive. You get, oh, okay. Have it well. You did. Okay, okay. You cheat. 
Okay, and then the scores were 15 under at the Masters, one over for the US Open, eight under at Carnoustie, and 16 under at the PGA. I didn't even write most of those down. And then the runners-up were Ricky Fowler at the Masters, Tommy Fleetwood at the US Open, the Open, the Kisner McElroy Rose Choufflet. Oh, yes. And PGA was... Adam Scott and Tiger Woods. Oh, he's an, just Tiger Woods, actually. Just Tiger Woods. Oh. I don't know how many points I've got there. Not many. Question seven. Which three players were voted 2018 Players of the Year by the Golf Writers Association of America? They were... Brooks Kupka, Bernard Langer, and Araya Jatanagurun. Araya Jatanagurun. I got Kupka. I didn't get the others. Question eight. On the European Tour last year, there were eight Rolex Series events, all with different winners. How many can you name? They were Molinari, Ollison, Noren, Knox, Stone, Rose, Westwood, Willett. If you've got any of them, well done. I didn't write anything for that. The last time that majors were held at uh, Bethpage, Black and Pebble Beach, when was that? Uh, it was Bethpage in 09, Pebble Beach in 2010. Correct. Rawport Rush will host the Open for the second time in 2019, but where did it rank in Golf Monty's Top 100 course rankings? It's, of course, eight. Did you get that? No. Uh, what did you put? Three. What's three? Three is Muirfield, I think. Yeah, I should have known that. And the last time Tiger Woods was world number one was way back in May 11, um, on the May, sorry, 11th of May 2014. Who was world number two that week? Mickelson. Oh, it was Adam Scott. I put Rory. For some reason, I thought it was 2004. So, adding up those totals, I have no idea how many points I've got. I have got some points. I'm going to say I have got something like 16 points. You reckon? Yeah. I've got around 19 or 20. Yeah, I think you, we'll, we'll give that to you, Elliot, that round. It was not 19 out of 20. I've just seen you've written 19 out of no, 20 there. 19 20. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sure some of you did much better than us, especially me, because I gave up halfway through. But um, we'll have probably a, slim, a simpler quiz next week where we just have one-word answers. So I hope you did well in the quiz and I hope you've enjoyed our first podcast of the year. We'll be back next week um, with reaction to the Sony Open and also a full preview of the European Tour's first event of the year and that is the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, uh, which is also now a Rolex Series event. Uh, should have a really big field including Brooks Kupka, Dustin Johnson and, uh, and Tommy Fleetwood. As ever, as I mentioned previously, do subscribe to us uh, via your usual podcast provider and check out all the Golf Monthly social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and also our videos on YouTube and the fantastic Golf Monthly website. Uh, thanks for listening. See you later, Elliot. Cheers, Tom. Uh, it's good to be back for 2019 and yeah, we'll be back every single Tuesday. Absolutely. And uh, have a fantastic week and we'll speak to you again next week. Thank you.